looked at, I feel like there is nothing that changes your attitude quicker than when the Wi-Fi begins working again. <laughs> you ever done that when you're on your computer? You're like, oh yeah, oh, no internet, no internet, and then so like you get the internet, and you're like, okay, good, we're good, <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and then you're fine then, <laughs> and you can't even remember that it went out. You know. <laughs> That's right. Today in this text, we're going to see this a little bit play out in Jesus saying, man, when one sinner comes to Jesus, uh, when one sinner comes to God, oh, heaven just rejoices. Yep. Right. So we're, this is Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And we're in Luke 15. So Luke 15, and you want to go ahead and start? Sure. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and religious teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. And a lot of people get lost in this illustration, like saying, okay, what did the one have to do with the other, what they were upset about? Well, his whole point is that you ought to be rejoicing over lost people coming to know God. Yeah. that That's what we're supposed to yeah. be all about. Yeah. And I see that time and again by people who profess to be Christians. It's like that's our last consideration. They get nitpicky over all kinds of silly little things, and they're forgetting about what they're here for. We are here to reach the lost. That's right. It, yeah, it kind of reminds me of there's a scene in the Jesus Revolution where um, there's some people in the church, older people, and they're kind of getting upset about the changes. They didn't like the hippies that were coming to the church, and people weren't wearing shoes in the church, and getting upset, and they were calling. You remember the scene, Dad? They were calling a few left in the middle of the service, and they called this one guy. He said, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And he stands up, and everyone's waiting for him to walk out of the church, but he walks over to a couple hippies and puts his arm around their shoulders. sits down with them. sits down with them. Loved it. That's right. Loved that scene. I started cheering. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But this is exactly what Jesus is getting. He's like, Mm -hmm. this is who who we want to fill our church with, broken people, sinners. Verse 8, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one, won't she? light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she will call in her old friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Man, if there's joy in heaven over this, that ought to be our drive. Everything that we do as a church and as, as Christians. That's right. Verse 11, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son had told his father, I want to share your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. As a guy, you know, essentially just wasted everything that he had and lived for pleasure. And of course, we know where that always winds up. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, when he finally came to his senses, and what was coming to his senses was appreciation for what he had. That's right. 
I, I would love to shout this. I would love to shout this to this generation. Yeah. And you know, as your generation, Generation Z, I, I really think that the greatest curse upon these generations is a lack of appreciation for what they've been given. And that's why there's mm -hmm. so much high, just total criticism and unhappiness and anger and all the political division that they just spend a little bit of time and sit back and think, man, I have it way better than not just 99% of the world, but and when you consider all the people who've ever lived, every one of these angry, unthankful people have so much to be grateful for. Yeah. But what's blowing their lives is that they they lack gratitude. Sure. Yeah. This man, he came to his senses. Yep. That coming to our senses, it was a sense of appreciation. He came, came to realize, man, I had it so good. And someday, and sadly, I'm afraid, it may be too late for a lot of people. But at home, he said to himself, at home, he even hired the servants, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being your son. Did I, did I start this reading, or did you start? I started, and then after verse 7, you picked up. Man, I picked up really early, didn't I? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I'll... Oh, I guess this whole section takes us to the end of the chapter. Why don't you <laughs> take over here in verse 22 okay. then? <laughs> but his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother's back, he was told. Your father has killed a fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet with this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing a fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We have to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost, but now he was found. You know, I, I find that this other brother, the older brother, has the same problem that the younger brother had, a lack of appreciation. Yeah. What the father points out here at the end is that you've had all of this to enjoy all along, your whole life. Right. So what do you mean I haven't killed a fatted calf? I mean, every fatted calf we've ever killed, has you've been able to enjoy. Right. But he he missed out on, he, he didn't understand that because of his lack of appreciation, his lack of gratitude. Yeah. Instead, he says, now you could enjoy life so much more by celebrating the yeah. renewed life of your brother. This is yeah. a good thing that your brother has come back. And this is why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he teaches us our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You start off your prayers with mm -hmm. adoration. You yeah. start off your prayers with appreciation mm -hmm. um, because it's that prayer that really directs the rest of your prayer and really directs the rest of your day and the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Is that appreciation that you start with. Exactly. All right, well, we're in Proverbs 26, yep. right? Verse 17 is the verse we want to zero in on. <laughs> and it says, 
Oh, actually, Dad, I'll let you because yeah. I like your translation a little bit better. The Yanking a dog's ears is as foolish as interfering in someone else's argument. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know what happens when you yank a dog's ears. You're going to yep. get bit. And <laughs> how often do people jump into other people's arguments? Oh, yeah. And, you know, it happens usually at work. That's well, it usually where it is. Yeah. Yep. It's like two coworkers sure. have it out for each other, and all of a sudden five coworkers are involved. And time and again, what I find is that people take other people's offenses. So yeah. they they get offended for their friend, but, of course, we always automatically think that our friend is in the right. right. And so oftentimes they wind up with an enemy because their friend was offended when they don't. You never know the whole story. I mean, your friend right. is not telling you everything. Right. Yep. And But right away we want to jump to our friend's defense and we're angry with that other person. And what you wind up doing is you wind up cutting off what could be valuable relationships because you're taking a dog by its yeah. ears, interfering in someone else's, yep. involving yourself in someone else's argument. Yeah. So just... But you want a peaceful, stay out of it. Yeah, that's right. You want a peaceful day? Do you want a successful day, a successful week? Don't yank a dog by its ears. <laughs> yeah. Don't get involved in things that are in arguments that are just not yours. Stay in your lane. Do what you're supposed to do and enjoy the peace that comes from that. And let's appreciate. Spend the day appreciating. May this day be a day of thanksgiving for all that God has done and is doing for us. And make it a great weekend as well. We'll see you in church. Saturday night or Sunday morning, and read your Bible. Memorial Day weekend. Oh, it is. So That's right. The, yep. What? It'll be a three day weekend for. It will be. Us, it will so. be. Are we gonna? Are we gonna do uh, Memorial Day? Are we gonna read for Monday or? I think we'll do it. Uh, we I think we we'll better do it. better do that yeah, because we, we don't want to give them three days off. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, so we'll yeah. see you back again Memorial Day Monday. God bless. Mm-hmm.